this is it then. The main European club football season wrapped up with the exception of two huge finals featuring four Premier League teams. And here to have our say as ever, it's BR Football Ranks. European football's showpiece event takes place on Saturday night at Atletico Madrid's Wonder Metropolitano. And in this season's Champions League, we've seen it all. So, without further ado, I've written you a little poem. Here we go. All right, Jack, off you go, mate. Atleti and Dortmund going toe-to-toe. Spurs' Barca joy, Inter's PSV woe, Alisson's Napoli save. Oh, my gosh. Porto's brutal Group D whitewash. Manchester City having a wobble in France. Real Madrid shaky. Somebody else's chance. Ronaldo's red card. Jose cupping the crowd. Group stage is done. Knockout round. Harry Kane smashes the yellow wall. City's double figures. No mercy at all. Atleti think they've done enough. Till the CR7 show. This is his tournament. Didn't you know? Second leg joy for Liverpool and Barcelona. Porto edge a thriller in extra time against Roma. PSG win at Old Trafford. They think they've sealed the deal. Lukaku, Rashford have other ideas because Ollie's at the wheel. Ajax upset at home, but on the road, beware these kids. They hammer the holders on their own patch. Goodbye, Real Madrid. City Tottenham in the quarters at the new White Hart Lane. Sonny scores the winner and the crowd goes insane. But it's the drama at the Etihad that this is remembered for. Breathtaking, scintillating, VAR, City's dream. No more. Liverpool Porto twice in two years. Same result as the Reds shift up gears. Oli heads to Barca to try and repeat 99. But the little magician surfaces. Messi's time to shine. Ajax on a roll, but the old lady are in town. Cristiano breaks the deadlock. He wants to keep his crown. In Turin, the brakes come off. Ajax are just flames. De Jong, De Lit, Van de Beat. Remember all these names. Ronaldo out, Juventus out. This one's anyone's guess. Four remain, semi-time. Here's the real test. And this is the Champions League. There is no rhyme or reason. And as we reach the final four, we find out it's comeback season. Barca tear the Reds apart. It's yet more messy delight. Dembele misses a sitter for four. Liverpool's glimmer of light. No Salah, no Firmino. But Anfield roars its call. Origi 2, Wijnaldum 2. The greatest comeback of all. Spurs go to Amsterdam with everything to do. The task looks impossible as Ajax add another two. Poch switches it up. Mora scores. Surely not. Another miracle is on as he adds another from near the spot. Half an hour of panic and Ajax look like they'll just be fine till Lucas Mora comes up trumps and sends Spurs onto cloud nine. Poch crying. Klopp roaring. We're crowning a new king. Champions League final in Madrid. We wouldn't miss a thing. Truly excellent. It's not just Potch who was crying, mate. I've got tears in my eyes here, yeah, reliving the emotion of what a Champions League season. Like I've been through and what a poem again. from our jet. Thanks, Unbelievable. Thanks. Unbelievable. I like when you said there's no rhyme or reason in the middle of a poem. Very clever stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really meta in here. Very meta. Well, I hope you enjoyed that at home. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today as ever. We're looking forward to the Champions League and we've mixed it up a bit this week. The Rank God. Sam Tai is off traveling. I believe he's visiting Rankara and Rankok to improve his ranking skills in an international capacity. We're replacing him as long-term friend of the pod, Tottenham fan, and our favorite comedian, Mr. Reese James. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. It's good that you wheel me in for the big fixtures. Yeah, yeah we only bring tactical, out the big tactical substitution days, for a big course. game. Yeah. On, on yeah. a scale of one to a striker going into a 50-50 against Pepe, how scared are you? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday's <laughs> final. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the Pepe side of things. Let me tell you that. I'm pretty terrified. I don't know. I don't know actually if I am terrified. It sort of feels like it's Nothing all a dream. Lose. It's all a dream anyway, isn't it? It yeah. all feels fake. So getting to the Champions League final is is astonishing for Spurs anyway. Yeah. So especially given the route we had there, if we were to win, I mean, it would be like, it's got to be one of the greatest Champions League tales ever, right? Yeah. It's the, like, the, like the, in terms of the quarterfinal, the semifinal, the group stage yeah, yeah. that we had to then go and win it. Spent no money for two transfer yes, windows. Of course. It's like Leicester winning the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We're talking of spending money. Our very own ear to the ground is in the building, feeding us the inside line on all those transfer things. Mr. Dean Jones? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm excited for this week. Let's crack on to hot takes. And then yeah. we're going to do it a bit differently this week. I'm going to put forward two questions. Mm-hmm. You're going to defend two sides of an argument. Dean, oh. you've done this before. You're going to be Liverpool, which is your area of speciality. Happy Reece, days. You're going to be Spurs. I imagine that's somewhere near your area. Preferable, of, yeah. yeah. Right, Dean, you're going to start us off because you are the experienced party here. Which manager is best equipped for a Champions League victory? I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp. Um, <laughs> I told you to. <laughs> I think he'll be in charge for, of Liverpool for this one. Um, when it comes to experience of the biggest games, he's had a lot of experience. So far, that hasn't been positive experience because he's lost his last six finals with Liverpool and Dortmund. But that could lead to good things for him. Now, last year's heartbreak against Madrid in Kiev was a different lesson from when he lost to Sevilla in the Europa League final in 2016. It was different again from when he lost in 2013 uh, with Dortmund. They lost to Bayern Munich. They're all different experiences, but they could all lead to the biggest result of his life. I think it will, because Kiev really should have broken the resolve of this Liverpool team. They should have fallen apart. Their, Their morale should have been on the floor. But it wasn't. Somehow they picked themselves up. They became even better. They almost won the Premier League. Players like Robertson and Van Dijk lifted themselves to completely new levels. And Klopp's got this team now playing exactly how we always envisage them. They've got that energy. They're aggressive. They're intense. Um, They're perfectly rehearsed in terms of their tactics. And they've got the passion that Klopp wants as well. No one wants to face them. Liverpool, um, sorry, Tottenham won't be looking forward to this game. No one wants to play against Liverpool. Okay. The reason they lost the last finals, Sevilla, they just didn't have the players in there to carry out Klopp's plan. They weren't ready for it. And Sevilla at the time were just better equipped. Madrid last year, it was all going fine until Salah got injured. Then it all fell apart. It was a completely different game before and after. Klopp has turned this Liverpool team into something that is wonderful to watch. They're tactically excellent. If he gets the rub of the green, if he gets the luck he's been missing, he can break his curse and this is Klopp's time. Okay, all right, Reese. Def- well, I mean, I feel like I'm throwing you into the lion's den here, but can you defend that? Well, half the first half of your argument was Klopp can't win a final. So <laughs> I'll have that as mine for a start. There's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that it is two trophy-dodging clubs are in this final. There couldn't be, as Spurs, with their reputation of bottling trophies, yeah. they couldn't be playing a better team. A team totally. with an equal rep- reputation for not winning finals is absolutely perfect. Um, I would say that Poch is the best equipped because uh, we go into this game as underdogs. And those are the games that we have miraculously won on this journey so far. Sure. So every time we've got a result, it's because we've been massive underdogs against City, against Ajax, especially that second leg against Ajax, uh, having lost that. Um, even against Dortmund, even when we got the group, it was a group of death. It was one of the group of death along with Liverpool, fair yeah. enough. But it was one of the groups of death. And then with one point from the first three games, we somehow managed to get through. Absolutely. Massive underdogs after that. What I would say Poch's tactic should be is to go 4-0 down. <laughs> and that's the only way he's going to rally those troops to get behind him. Um, not only that, uh, 
Poch has got terrible teeth and Klopp has had his teeth done. Yep. So Poch isn't wasting time. <laughs> Poch isn't wasting time in the dentist. He's busy thinking about the tactics of this game. He's not messing about. So he's ready to go. Afterwards. He's humble and he's grounded with his bad teeth. <laughs> not like Klopp, who, you know, seen the stars. <laughs> seen I mean, his name in light. He's seen his name in lights, exactly. He's seen his name in the reflection of his own teeth. Klopp wants to look good in the photos afterwards when he's celebrating, I reckon. Exactly. What about Poch asking him to bring all 23 players into the pre-game photo? Have you seen this? No, what was so that? He basically was like, it's unfair because in the pictures or on, on the, the walls... It only is the 11 players who start when it's often not those players that matter. He's like, I'm going to put everyone in the squad photo before he wants to the put game. Everyone on that, the pitch. Yeah, that does feel a little bit like <laughs> cherish this memory. You'll never be here again, doesn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> it's such a, yeah, it's that does a strange moment. That doesn't fill me with confidence. I get the logic, but it does feel a bit gather round family. Yeah, we're going to do we a photo shoot once where once we all so. stand in a conga line at Centre Parks. <laughs> Excellent. Don't right. Disneyland. Who is going to be the most important player on the pitch? Right. You get a bit more free will on this one. You can decide in your own place. Players, just not on your own team. So, Dean, for yeah. Liverpool? So, from Liverpool, I thought it'd be a bit boring to say Van Dijk or Salah because it seems obvious what they're going to bring to, to the show. But I think Fabinho is the one that if I was a Liverpool fan for this game, I'd be anxiously waiting for the team sheet. And if his name wasn't on it, I would be worried because I think he is the man that can make the difference. Uh, weirdly, over the two games that Liverpool played against Spurs last season, this season, whatever we could call it, he didn't play, really. Like The first game, he literally didn't play at all. In the second game um, at Anfield, he only played the last 13 minutes. But he completely changed things when he came on because he was forward-thinking straight away. He was playing first-time passes. He really put Tottenham on the back foot. I think getting to grips with Ericsson in the centre of the park... Liverpool have to do that. They have to try and dominate that area of the pitch because it's somewhere that Tottenham are so impressive. And I think his speed of thinking um, and just the way that he can dominate, not aerially as well, you know, he can tackle, he can pass. He's got like, um, one of his players said the other day, he's got like go-go gadget legs because he always seems to just like, he's there. The octopus. Absolutely, yeah. So I think that if you dig a little deeper beyond Salah, beyond Van Dijk, beyond Mane, I think Fabinho is going to be such a key to Liverpool actually getting over the line in this final. Okay. All right, so really, who, 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 who do you think he should play with in the centre? I think he should play instead of Milner. That would be my idea. Right. Yeah. Harsh on, Instead of Milner. Harsh on Seems Hammers. Seems harsh. Um, have you got? Well, every every fibre of my being wants to say Musa Sissoko. Of course. Every aspect of me. It just, Musa Sissoko, the biggest career turnaround in history. Yeah. So I want to say him, but I'm not going to because Sissoko, we know, is going to play to the maximum of his ability because he always does, yep. right? Well, not always, but in the last year. Recently, <laughs> yes. He yeah. recently does. Um, so he's going to try his best and he's going to play well. Yeah. If he if he plays, if he's fit enough to play or whatever. Um, whereas, I think Tottenham's chance of winning this trophy hinges on which Christian Eriksen turns up. Okay, yeah. So that That's is fair. why I think he's the most important player for us in the game. Because a lot of the other players, we either know are going to be shit or we know are going to be good, right? <laughs> Saying no names, don't need to. Uh, I think it's obvious. But yeah. Eriksen is like, uh, he just goes missing all the time. Because this year. Yeah, this year he's just like yeah he's just been present for like feels like half the season and then the other half he's just off somewhere else yeah. I mean it's appropriate he goes missing it's like he's literally in a Scandi dra- drama I mean, it's interesting that is half the reason I picked Fabinho is because yeah, I would contain... be concerned about that threat of Ericsson actually yeah. controlling and setting but the other thing threat. about Ericsson you might not even need him yeah. you might not even need someone to contain it because there might not be a threat there because <laughs> sometimes he just can't be asked you'd think you know this is going to be the game he's playing with the most viewers 
He's a little bit one of those players, I find. He's a little bit of a telly footballer. TV, so TV if he, star. Yeah, so if he, wants to, if he does want to get his big move... Yeah, to, if he wants to join Barcelona. ...to Barcelona or Madrid or something like that, then he's going to have to turn up in this game. If he wants to give a really smug interview after the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A really, really smug smile. Like, he yeah. does. Exactly. Yeah. Like when he said he's the luckiest man in the world with the VAR. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just rely on that every time, Christian. So I'm going to go with Ericsson. I think Winks has got a shout for it as well. Um, it's hard to know if he'll, but if we, that's the thing with our sentiment. If we have to play, we're good to play Sissoko, and then if we have to play Wanyama or Dyer next to him, then I would just, there's no way I'm fancying our chances. Yeah, sure. But Winks is just like going to just hound players down and just do that role that we want him to. It's just that he's coming back from injury, so who knows if he's even fit. Who knows if he'll be there or not. Why? Well, we will be back after the break with the main ranking and to talk more in depth about this one. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It is time for our main ranking. We're going to do this a little bit differently this week. So we're going to talk in two big segments about the Champions League final, obviously. And the first one, Reese is going to tell us his top three things that terrify him about Liverpool. That's, right. how, we're going to, that's how we're going to begin this. Liverpool, the terrify me about Liverpool as yeah. a city. Well, no, more than three. Um, <laughs> as a football team in terms of this match in the context of this match alone there should still helpful. be more than three. yeah yeah there are more than three but they're much uh, you know doesn't matter let's not go into that <laughs> or I can't tour in Liverpool anymore so fullbacks it's no secret that I I'm not a big fan of Tottenham's fullbacks but I am a big fan of Liverpool's fullbacks and the way they play means that our fullbacks have to defend their fullbacks etc because it's so high up the pitch now that means that we've got Andrew Robertson and Mane on Kieran Trippier yeah, that's fair. Now that should account for you all want three. To just refresh that should account for all three. Kieran Trippier. <laughs> Kieran Trippier. I just read actually ten minutes ago. I was saying to Dean, I just read this article where Trippier has come out and said, oh, "I've had this injury all season since the World Cup, and that's why I've been playing so badly. Um, I've got groin problems, but I've had three weeks off now, so I could do my proper rehab because we had a game every two, three days. I couldn't do it. About three weeks off, I've done it, so I'm going to be brilliant in the Champions League final. And it is the most transparent attempt to get picked now that Serge Aurier is fit again I've ever seen in my life. It's absolutely." Absurd. World Cup catfish coming back around. The World Cup catfish is back. It's <laughs> he's been dropped. He's been dropped for the Nations League. We're going to have no Nations League catfish. No, no. But he's, well, at least we're going to know what he's truly like. But it'll be interesting to see. Maybe what if he has a blinder? Yeah. What if he scores we'll a free kick? You're going to look so embarrassed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you probably um, won't. You probably won't. I I'll, I'll be blind drunk, mate. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. That's a good reason to be terrified. Fullbacks is yeah. the reason because yeah, they've been amazing, haven't they? Assist wise and all that sort of stuff. They and have Trippy been. is the one, especially on an overlap. Then I'm not. And to be honest, even like Danny Rose has been great and Danny Rose is an extremely passionate Spurs player who I love on the pitch and often he looks like the only leader out there when certain players are not playing. But, you know, he's got a mistake in him. Yeah. He's absolutely got a mistake in him. Yeah. He's a bit rash at times and you could see him getting heated in this game if he starts losing control of something and even getting a red, potentially. He is a, he is a heart on the sleeve kind of player. And that, yeah, that exactly. And he, that yeah, and he goes in for challenges and stuff, doesn't he? He doesn't seem to mind about that. So, I don't know. Full, in the fullback versus fullback debate, I mean, we definitely lose. You definitely lose. So, I am concerned Trippier about that. could not do that situation. corner that Trent came up with either. He definitely wouldn't be thinking God, that. no. It's the sort of thing he'd do and it would be played over and over again for the opposite reason of the Trent one. <laughs> he wouldn't be the first man. He'd yeah, try and be clever yeah, yeah. and someone would still notice it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. He'd go for it and it would, he'd kick it out for a goal kick. <laughs> Pathetic. Just boot it into the side note. Um, the second reason yeah. is uh, Liverpool's bloodlust for trophy-based vengeance. Now. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue, that. Yeah. <laughs> they will. The way their season has gone. Yeah. And it could play into Tottenham's favour. 
that they were so close and they absolutely, like any other year, supposedly, deserved, except last year, deserved to win the league. I'm not on board with this argument anyway. But that's what they keep saying. That's what they keep tweeting me. Yeah, that's what they keep, that's what they keep tweeting me. They keep knocking on my door and saying, any other year, lad. So uh, <laughs> they will be like, right, we can't have this season pass us by with nothing to show for it. We have to win the Champions League. That's the thing that terrifies me, is that they will be going into it like that. Whereas Spurs players will be like, bloody hell, I can't believe we're here. This is amazing. Oh, look around. <laughs> Lovely There's players. loads of fans. This is great. Um, so it will feel a bit like, yeah, school trip for Spurs and just like an absolute job to be done for Liverpool. And that concerns me yeah. massively. Although, I mean, I that, but the pressure, that right, could be yeah. pressure. You could yeah. argue that that's a huge Depends pressure. Depends how they look at it. Going, oh God, if we don't win this, this has all been a waste of time. I don't think they will look at it like that, but they should, and they must. <laughs> That'll be the been. team talk from Klopp before the game. If you don't win this, you've wasted a year of and my life. And we're all selling all of you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This has all been pointless. This has been a bad experiment. Fair enough. Um, Spurs are the nearly boys, so I don't expect that to happen. Liverpool, you know, they've, you know, as you say with the six finals, they're also kind of the nearly lads, but yeah. I mean, Spurs are the absolute masters of nearly, aren't they? So, yeah, you're a different kind of nearly as well. Yeah. Losing Champions League finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's quite a nice nearly to have. Nearly qualifying for the Champions yeah. League, yeah. So um, who's your big number one then? What's your number one reason to be terrified? Experience. You don't win the Champions League final on your first go. <laughs> I just think... Tell Mourinho's Porto that. You know what? I will. <laughs> Give me their email address. Yeah. Give me their collective email address. I presume BCC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I just think they were there last year and they lost and then they got rid of all the reasons they lost. So, which is one main reason, uh, which is Laurie's Carrius. So you go, well, they, they're fine. They've sorted it. They've literally solved the problem. They've literally done it. The exact thing they needed to do, they did it. And now they're back in the final. And it's to say they don't have the problem, and they're not playing against Cristiano's uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, so I mean they're playing they're playing against Musa Sissoko's Tottenham Hotspur. So <laughs> which is a, how they're going to be officially known on this podcast prospect. now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just think the experience is just like yeah, you never you never know. I mean, we hadn't been in a semi final, and we managed to get through that in the dying embers of time. But I would just imagine those are the things: fullbacks, experience, and uh, I believe it was a bloodlust for trophy based vengeance. Yeah, that's that's my favourite one. I think those I think are my big concerns. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they're they're three. What have I missed? Have I have I omitted anything I should be extremely concerned about? Um, um, Salah, Mane, Firmino. Yeah, but I only had three, didn't I? <laughs> if you said 11, I know exactly what I'd have said. <laughs> Named the team. Every single person in the team. Who exactly. scares you most, though, out of uh, Mane and Salah? Mane. Yeah? Yeah, it's Mane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's on that side. He's been start. terrifying this season. <laughs> and he's been amazing, yeah. He's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think... I think he was sort of like... The fact that he wasn't discussed, really, in the PFA Player of the Year thing in the same way that Van Dijk and Sterling were. I think he was just... I think he was probably, what, third favourite, maybe? But he should have been in the conversation a bit more than he yeah, was. Yeah, he wasn't even in it as much as like Bernardo Silva and people yeah. were in the end, I don't think. And I agree. I think that Mane, for me, if I was planning a team, I'd be... Salah gets himself into good positions and he is awkward and he's, he's tricky, but Mane is terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, he's world-class. Yeah. Absolutely world-class. And yeah, like If I was to pick, like, time. say I was Real Madrid and I was to pick one of those players, I think I'd probably go for Mane over Salah. That would be, that would be my decision. Yeah. yeah, I think Mane is incredible. You know, obviously I'm concerned about Van Dijk as well, but I'm more concerned about him from an attacking perspective. Oh, really? We can't defend corners. No, you actually can't. Can we you? cannot defend corners, and I think he might score a header from a corner. Yeah, um, in terms of attacking, we've got Big Fernando. 
So I'm he'll, not worried he'll about that. He'll pocket Van Dyke the other way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernando fine. just getting a getting a random flick on in the 98th minute. Yep. It's going to happen. Yeah, 98. <laughs> I'm just really excited for eight minutes of extra time. So now you've said Absolutely. that. Now I'm now I'm really gassed. Right. Uh, before we get on to Dean's reasons why you don't need to be as scared as you currently are, Reese, which mm-hmm. is going to be a nice flip for you. We're going to do a combined 11. Yeah. Uh, Dean's written it out for us. Uh, we'll argue some of them, I imagine, because some of them are more contestable than others, but I don't think there's anything to contest in the back five. Yeah, I'm not going to start off with too many surprises. Yeah. So yeah, look, two two squads of players here, Liverpool and Tottenham, tried to put together the strongest team we can. So in goal, Lloris. No, I'm kidding. Alisson's in goal. Oh, how many penalties has he saved for this championship? <laughs> <laughs> I've not even had a conversation about that one. <laughs> yeah, He's don't... got the gloves. <laughs> right. Uh, fullbacks, funny enough, Trent on one what? side. Robertson on the other. How dare you? <laughs> I think, yeah. The centre. Don't Kyle, you know? Don't... Walker-Peters has, has been unjust. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's unfair. Yeah, you say Trent now, but I don't know if you realise, Kieran Trippier has been injured all season. He's had three <laughs> weeks off, so he's going to be pretty amazing. I'm willing to change this after the final. The centre-backs, Van Dijk, obviously. I've gone Vertonghen alongside him. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's fair enough. I think, yeah, I think Vertonghen. I'd pick Vertonghen if I was picking a Spurs centre-back. Yeah. He's been the best sided centre backs. Yeah, but he's also the best two. Yeah, no, I think that'll be <laughs> fine. Yeah, I think they'll cope. I'm, I'm sure one of them will be like, right, right I'm going to play on the right. Like Given if they're playing against the the worst eleven of these two teams, <laughs> I think they'll. <laughs> we'll they, do that afterwards. Actually, <laughs> I think they might good. survive. All right, go on. Then. Let's find some actual discussion points. Into midfield, I've gone Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Eriksson. Unacceptable. What Absolutely have I unacceptable. What have I missed? I think you know who you've missed. <laughs> <laughs> Whose club is it? Whose team is it? <laughs> Who owns Tottenham? Deli Ali. Musa, no, Ali, get rid of him. Musa Sissoko deserves to be in there. Do you think he genuinely does? Yeah, I genuinely do think he does. I think Wijnaldum's an amazing player, a massively underrated player, but he doesn't. What do you think Sissoko really would give us if we were to go with him over Wijnaldum? Uh, just relentless box to box, never stops running. Wijnaldum does this as well, but I just think Sissoko does it better. He's stronger. He is probably stronger, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, admittedly, Wijnaldum offers you finishing, which is so I was going to say, he scores that. The two so Newcastle boys are getting some uh, both I know, left yeah. when they got True. relegated. This True. is a, a good debate and between friends, I think. I yeah, think uh, I would go for Sissoko above one of them. Wijnaldum or Fabinho. Jack, casting vote. I really like Wijnaldum um, as a player, but, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm susceptible to this argument. Mr. Sissoko has turned his career around at Tottenham this, this he season. He deserves and to be he, there. He probably does, given his Champions League performances this year. I think he probably does deserve this shot. We're putting Sissoko in ahead of Wijnaldum. Yeah, we are. Yes. This is going to get on social media and we're going to get battered. This is the <laughs> right. victory. Ericsson, are we happy with that? I can see the logic. Like, is Eric? It's Christian Ericsson. E- Ericsson firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Absolutely. The best play. version of Christian Ericsson. best version of Christian Ericsson. Prime Ericsson yeah. gets in there. You can't not. If we're basing it on this season, I might be inclined to say no. Yeah. But yeah. We'll keep him in. Keep him in. Up front, now we've got problems. I've got Salah. Mane, I honestly can't decide who gets the other spot. Firmino, Kane, Son, Lorente. I mean, Divo got, you go, you got Divo look at, I mean, Son doesn't can't really have the middle roles. I, yeah, and then you got to think about it depends on this Champions League, and then like it's harsh on Lucas. It's somehow. harsh on Lucas. It is. But I'm yeah, giving you're not it to Lucas Firmino. Get it, get in there. Just straight down the bat. You're giving Firmino. Give Firmino. Is that because he's... he works off Salah and Mano? I just love Roberto Firmino. I just think oh, he's just that doesn't most count. underrated. I just love someone. He's the most underrated nine in the world, I think. He, he's Harry Kane, yeah? He's a brilliant link-up man. I think that Kane, 
is 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 a perfect out and out finisher. But I think in terms of you know the midfield you've got there and how it works in terms of people linking up, dropping in, people going over on the overlap. You know the likes of Sissoko we've got in the side now, bombing on past the striker. You know you can have someone that drops in a little bit deeper. Uh, and I think that, but Harry yeah, Kane but, does do that for Spurs. He doesn't really. He's, he's like a them. nine and a half. Isn't he does he? that for Spurs quite a lot. 10. We score a lot of goals when Harry Kane's in the team from him just being just in on the halfway line and taking a quick free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does get back. He does track back does, a lot. Exactly, yeah. I think Kane is the. I, I mean, this is going to sound insanely biased. The greatest man in history of the world. <laughs> no, I think Kane is one of the most complete footballers I've ever seen. I think Kane is on the verge of being the best number nine in the world. Yeah, behind Robbie, yeah, overtaking Roberto Firmino. No way. Who, oh. who is calling Firmino the best number nine in the world? I mean, I know who. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Firmino works brilliantly with Salah and Mane. I can't deny yeah, but that. We, I think Kane would as well. But if we're picking individuals, Harry Kane is getting this lot. Okay. Also, what you've got to remember is Spurs won that semi-final because of Kane in the dressing room giving him that pep talk. True. You need him on the pitch. You need that voice on the pitch. You know, that specific voice on the pitch. You need that that lisp on the pitch. Who's managing this team? Hang on, are we going, to, are we going with Salah and Mane ahead of Son and Mora? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Poor Salah. No, I drop Salah and, and put Son in there, but you're not going to... Uh, who are we going with manager? Who's managing this team? Well, we've already had this. We've already had this debate. <laughs> yeah. Surely, right, okay. We're going to leave this to the people. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, VS Boas. Let us know <laughs> who's managing this team on social media using Redknapp available. Yeah, hashtag BR ranks combined eleven. Um, if you want to get involved, don't really just just tweet us. Yeah. Um, right. Let's get on to the top three things why Spurs should be more confident mm. than Reese is currently feeling. Dean. Right. So at three, Reese, you need to get yourself a bowl of lemons. I don't know if you saw this the other day. But Pochettino says he's been keeping a bowl of lemons in his office to take away all the bad energy. Anyone that comes in with bad energy, the lemons take it away. I can't believe this is number three of a genuine list of reasons why yeah, she's feeling down. great. Um, when life gives you lemons, every, start Kieran Trippier. <laughs> every 10 days, he changes the lemons because they get a bit old and they get, start to go off. He needs new lemons to bring new energy to the room. So if this has been working for Poch, I think every Tottenham fan should be adopting this in build-up to kickoff. Wherever you're watching the game, Tottenham fans, take a bowl of lemons, get rid of all the negative energy around you, all the people saying you can't win it, and I think it will help. It will also keep in mind the Klopp curse at all times during this final. Just remember, Klopp is cursed, so you're probably going to win. So that's my first reason for you to be optimistic. He's going to squirt lemon in Klopp's eyes, what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, basically. It's all about lemons. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Right. Secondly, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't. oranges, <laughs> <laughs> expectations. So we've got to, you just got to remember at all times, if Liverpool do not win this final, it is a com- absolute disaster. Complete disaster, complete, like we said, a waste of a season. Social media is going to be chaos if mm. Liverpool lose this final. It's chaos. Yeah. Every, it's, so it should be like, they will be the greatest side to win nothing we will ever see. Um, you know, they, they gave up on other competitions for this. They focused everything on, on mm. getting a big cup. And if they don't have one, it's ridiculous. Don't forget as well, Spurs, have said, should have gone out in the group stages, could have gone out to City, should have gone out to Ajax. They've absolutely no right to be in this final. Yeah. Yet here they are. Poch said as well the other day, it could be emotion that decides the final. It won't be tactics, it'll be emotion. And I actually do see where he's coming from there. You just get, I think the longer this game goes on, 
the more chance there is that doubt starts to creep into Liverpool minds and worry that actually it is going to come to nothing. And all it takes is, you know, one misplaced pass, one bad decision, one slip. You know, we've seen it before. I can't <laughs> believe it. Spurs believe. will pounce. I love it. Put they, it into the universe. They can do it. That's a they almost moment. did it. You know, that game at Anfield, they, they lost it 2-1 to that own goal. They that should have won horrendous. the game before. And Sissoko missed that chance. Deli Ali had an... Great chance, well, not a great chance. He produced a great effort after that that almost went in, and Liverpool got the luck that day. Tottenham, on their day, are as good as Liverpool, and you've just got to remember that. Okay, great. That makes What's in at one, then? The main reason for you to be optimistic is Liverpool aren't as good as they think they are in cup competitions. Forget the league form. Forget the 4-0 win over Barcelona as well. Mm. That The 4-0 over Barcelona game was... A freak, a unique night at Anfield that will never, ever be topped. They won't produce a performance and a win like that. It was spectacular. Ever again. It was spectacular it was, and it was great. It Not was take it away Anfield, though. It was different. Exactly. Different that is space. different. That genuinely is Absolutely. different. Let's now just look at their cup competition record this season. Liverpool have played 14 cup games this season and they've lost six of them. So while everyone's talking about the Premier League and how great it was, they only lost one game. Well, elsewhere, they've lost six games. Napoli beat them, Red Star beat them, PSG beat them, Barcelona beat them, Wolves beat them, and Chelsea beat them. So this team are there for the taking. On one-off occasions, you can get the better of this Liverpool team. And also, the front three that we talked about, they, ha- they are great and they have been great this season. But in the Champions League, their numbers aren't brilliant. Mane's got four goals, four of his 26 goals this season in the Champions League. Salah... Same, he got four goals in the Champions League. Firmino got four in the Champions League as well. So all around, you look at Liverpool season and they have been spectacular. They've done brilliantly, obviously, to get into this final and overcome that Barcelona win. Yeah. But Spurs have to believe they have a chance because on a one-off occasion, Liverpool are there for the taking. There you are. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> but... Do you happen to have the stats on how many cup games Spurs have lost this year? Because uh, <laughs> I imagine they are significant. I'm looking for reasons to yeah, yeah, reasons, yeah, reasons to be optimistic. It's all spin. This is all spin. It's reasons to be cheerful. That was in your bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think bad psychological problems and trying to feel happiness. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's of what course. comes from being a Spurs, a fan, Spurs I fan. And I'm a comedian for a living. I mean, it's nothing but cynicism in my entire life. <laughs> Excellent. Well, just before we get on to roulette and nonsense, earlier this week, Dean and I had a chat with BR Football's Champions League TV analyst, US MNT legend and all-round good guy, Stu Holden, about his favourite game of this Champions League season. We caught up with him just as he was about to board a flight to cover both the Europa League and the Champions League final for BR Football on TNT. I mean, uh, it was an incredible season this year, the, the Champions League. So many so many games, so many moments to pick from. Um, and you know, I think what I have at number three that I've wrestled with uh, is is putting Ajax's win against Real Madrid in the uh, the round of 16. And I think this was the game, even though we you know we'd watched a lot of Ajax uh, in the group stages and the qualifying rounds. But the, you know, this was the game after losing the first leg two one. They went on the road to the Bernabeu and they beat Real Madrid four one. And I, you know, that, that game to me still sticks out because, you know, Tadic was just total class. Frankie de Jong was so good. And, uh, you know, it was really, I think the, the moment that everybody around Europe took note of these guys. It's funny that that moment, I mean, it's almost been forgotten. The champions league has been so dramatic that a moment like that's almost been forgotten, but it truly was amazing. Wasn't it? 
Yeah, it, it was. And just seeing, you know, I think even though Real Madrid guys, you know, they've not been as good this year. And they actually their worst year in so long. It, it takes the luster off it a little bit just because. But I mean, that that at the time, that game was, you know, the the, the three time uh, back to back to back Champions League winners playing against this new young group. And the, these guys just went in there and absolutely destroyed them. So, uh, you know, that that was that was a game that will stick out for me. And then the next two you know, I, I really struggled with, with this one could have gone either way, but I, I'm going to go with uh, number two, Liverpool beating Barcelona uh, 4-0 at home to advance to the Champions League final. I think just because, uh, you know, they, they this result, not many people expected uh, it, just the way that it happened. You know, Lionel Messi, Barcelona, I think, you know, after the first leg, everyone thought, OK, well, Barcelona's into the final. Liverpool, just one of those special Anfield nights in a, in a moment in a game that I'll never forget watching, just just seeing how good that team was from start to finish. We kind of expected something from Liverpool. You know, obviously they have a history of Champions League comebacks. They have a history of, of being incredible in this competition. But the way that Anfield was that night and the way that it propelled them on was, was something extraordinary, right? Yeah, I mean, but didn't you feel, you know, every, that was always the thing, right? Everyone was saying, oh, well, there is the chance that Liverpool have got these nights. And, you know, I remember in our pregame show, we ran, you know, the clips from Istanbul against AC Milan. And, and you try to draw on all these moments and say, OK, how can you sell that there is a chance here? But you're playing against the world's best player and Lionel Messi. Right. And how how hard realistically that was to do and getting the early goal and then just watching this Barcelona team that, are normally just so composed, just crumble under pressure. And, liver, you know, Jurgen Klopp and you'll never walk alone after. I mean, it was that that was a night to remember. Um, and the reason that I love that game so much, the reason I have it at number two is because at number one, I have the Man City against Tottenham uh, game in the uh, the other semifinal and that one. Uh, sorry, in the other quarterfinal. And that game was just you know, the the second leg specifically, just end-to-end and goals and controversy and the the late goal at the very end where, the, you know, the, it gets ruled for offside and Pep's running down celebrating in the sideline. Fernando Llorente is the winner for Tottenham with no Harry Kane. And I just think, you know, that game on that day was one of the best games of football that I've ever seen. And that's why, you know, I have it at number one. Just as a fan, I was jumping off of my up and down on my seat. I don't know what you guys were doing or where you were watching it, but we were just going absolutely nuts. Uh, and still one of my favorites and is my favorite moment of the Champions League this season. Yeah, I mean, it kind of summed up everything that's been dramatic and unbelievable about about this year's competition. I mean, every time you think it can't get any better, it does. And, and that game, the way it started off with that glut of goals, would just set the tone for it. And even at the point that it was kind of like 2-2, you were like, OK, I'll probably stay like this now. Like, we've had our fun. It just never seemed to end, did it? And as you say, it went right to the last kick, pretty much. That, yeah, that goal, I, that, that, that's yeah, hundred percent. That's why that's why I had it number one because yeah, I think you nailed it. Like the, the, when you normally when it's two goals in, I I think that game is actually a, a perfect uh, example of where away goals is good. And I know away goals sometimes are controversial for people, and it, you know it, it changes perhaps the way people will play in the first leg. But because uh, you know Tottenham hadn't conceded an away goal against City in the first one, and they won one nil. When they got the away goal at City, it was almost just like, okay, no, Pep's teams don't defend, uh, you know, sit back as it is. I mean, that it was just like all go Sterling scoring goals, Aguero, and and it was just like this high pressure, high intensity game. And Tottenham, every time that you've counted them out, they just kept swinging back, and Son was scoring, and 
you know, Pochettino deserves so much credit for, for what he's done. And I, I just think that game, you saw all the emotion in every single player after the game of just lying there and, you know, Tottenham celebrating city, just dejected, uh, the beautiful Champions League, man. I, I hope we get one more good one in the final. I, I'm hoping for a really good game. Uh, I think we all are. One thing about that Spurs game and about, I suppose, Spurs in general is you've you've watched a lot of this tournament with Steve Nash, who's obviously a massive Spurs fan. What was it like sitting next to him in the kind of way that that game pendulum swung one side to another? And obviously then in the Ajax game, similar kind of things. Was you know How has that experience been, being with someone who's so you know diehard of one club? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's actually made it a lot of fun for me. Um, and you know, what's really funny is like, I've done this throughout the champions league season with him where I've kind of said, you know, I, I going back to, I think the inter Milan game where Tottenham were winning in the group stages. And I just said, I was kind of joking and saying, Oh, well, they, it, they've got it in the bag now, you know, they're going to get the win here. And then inter Milan scored a late equalizer. And he was like, don't you ever talk about the game like that? Like he got really annoyed at me. And so when, when they were coming back against Ajax, uh, and I think they have this on the studio footage somewhere, but they were coming back and they, you know, that they were getting a couple chances. And I just looked at Steve and I was about to say, I feel good about this. Like, I feel they're going to get one more chance. And he was like, just don't say anything. <laughs> and, you know, then that late goal goes in through Lucas Mora. You've seen the clip, uh, you know, that's gone viral of Steve just sprinting. And I mean, yeah. you know, then just on the way home, he was like, I've never seen a grown man turn into a child so quickly of just, <laughs> you know, gleefully sitting there and like a big smile on his face. I think, I, I still think it's on there. So, you know, he, he's, he's going to enjoy the occasion in the champions league final, no matter what happens, but to see, to see him and somebody that's so passionate and, and, you know, enjoyed the game so much, it's, it's been incredible to see. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stuart. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about your favourite experiences. I hope there's one more in the bag for you on Saturday. Look after him in, in Madrid as well. Look after Steve. Yeah, I don't think they're going to allow him pitch side, guys, just in case he's got his Spurs <laughs> kit on. You know, he might be on the pitch. Uh, yeah, cheers, man. Enjoy, enjoy your guys' podcast. I'm a subscriber and uh, you know, look forward to chatting to you guys again soon. Thanks to Stu for taking the time out to join us. We think those selections are hard to argue with in many ways. For those of you in the States, BR Football's TNT coverage of the Champions League starts at 1.30pm Eastern Standard Time on Saturday with kickoff at 3pm. The Rank Squad will be back after the break with a Champions League-themed roulette wheel and a very special nonsense ranking. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It's that time again. It's time for the roulette wheel. Reese, you are obviously familiar already with this. You're going to have the first spin this week. Oh, yeah? Who would you back to score a one-on-one in the last minute of the final? Just want to say, very happy that it's been referred to as the final, so that we completely, the Europa League final, we're yeah. agreeing, doesn't matter. No, this is the final. anything. This is the final. For Spurs, I mean, I, Harry Kane doesn't miss, <laughs> but... I think maybe Son, because yeah. one-on-one, Son loves going around the keeper, sure. doesn't he? He loves dummying and going around the keeper. He's, I've seen him score that goal so many times. Yeah, but Kane scores so. one-on-ones as well. But He I does. With Kane, I, I just would worry about him thinking, oh my God, it's the last minute of a Champions League final. Yeah. I'm going one-on-one with a goalkeeper. Or Son's just thinking... Son, I read that when Son was a child and his dad was encouraging him to be a footballer, he used to make him stand in the garden and do kick-ups for four hours yeah. without it touching the ground yeah. until he could come back in. Now, with that kind of background, I'm backing him to finish a one-on-one. 
So Harry yeah, Kane yeah. certainly didn't have that. He's side got of no. Up. He has got no emotion. Surely left. Like it's all been broken out of him by that totally. kind of. Like, well, at the very least, he could you know get close to Allison and then start doing kick up to the final whistle before <laughs> little bit take of, it to the corner. Showboating. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you're going to do. Quite confused. If we're already winning, one up after three minutes, just get Son in the corner and get to do four rounds of kick up. Like when someone does that against you on FIFA and it is the most infuriating thing in the world. You can do kick ups, can't you? And then you just it's impossible to tackle. All right, that's how you play football, is it? For Liverpool, if you had someone go. Going through one on one in the last minute of the game, Mane. Yeah, have to be Mane. Van Dyke for me. <laughs> Van Dyke's not missing. He's gonna smash it. He's going to absolutely yeah. hammer it top in. There's absolutely no way. I think he'd be fine. He's got a recent goal, so I don't think it. Don't think it really matters. No, probably not. Yeah. Van Dyke might even catch you by surprise and just coolly tap it if, away. If I'm legitimately answering this question for Liverpool, I think the answer is James Milner. Yeah. yeah, James Milner scores. Full stop. It, do, it doesn't matter. Like if he gets through one on one, James Milner is scoring. I think if. It tops off his career perfectly. He has to retire if he does that. I think he if might. Salah gets through one on one, I think he wins a penalty. Yeah. So there's, yeah. you know, a lot of great opportunities to score. Well, not with Larissa. Larissa likes saving penalties. Yeah, that is true. Uh, what is there? Is there anyone else? What about Lucas? What's Lucas's kind of one on one record like? Lucas score just scores the maddest goals. <laughs> he only think, scores yeah, mental goals. You know though. what? He only scores difficult goals. One on one, I actually wouldn't be backing Lucas to do it. Because I've seen him in that position so many times, in good scoring positions so many times. He only does it when it's just against all odds. And it's just like, oh, you have to shoot within one split second if you did it any later. <laughs> with your weak foot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. A <laughs> trick with your weak foot. So Lucas, no, I wouldn't be confident. Delhi, I wouldn't be particularly confident. Ericsson, I wouldn't be particularly Oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> yeah, this isn't... Right, this we've, doesn't we've done the uh, done reasons to be optimistic. Let's keep going <laughs> yeah. quickly. Right, this is for you, Dean. What's your favourite Champions League moment of all time? Uh, I mean, I mean, all the all the carrier stuff last year was hilarious. Carrier, <laughs> what's your favourite moment of all the, time? Favourite moment of all time is um, the carrier's concussion saga. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, it's a big storyline for sure. No, my favourite Champions it. League moment of all time. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously biased. I can't. I can't look beyond Lucas's winner against Ajax. No, it's I my personal favourite Champions League. That's quite a reasonable yeah, thing to say. Yeah. What, yeah. What's yours, Dean? I think the ending of the 99 Champions League final when Man United were down and out mm. against Bayern Munich and were the first team to produce the, um, a Liverpool stroke Tottenham style Champions League comeback. Like, it was genuinely unbelievable. It's a pro- first. One of the first Champions League finals I remember, at least, um, if not the first, I don't know. And um, just just seeing that unfold, it it was just chaos. Like, it was just ridiculous yeah. scenes on that pitch. The players couldn't believe it. Like, that was unreal. I think one that stands out to me is the Ronaldinho shimmy stop yeah. no back flick goal against Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. That always, Amazing always moment. stands out to me as like, I think back and I'm like, huh, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Also, Shunsuke Nakamura once scored a free kick against Man United in the last minute of a game between Celtic and United. I think it was to make it 3 all, Right. And he scored this outrageous free kick from about 35 yards out. And I remember being like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good football. That's that. a good memory. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. That's the two. They're the two that stand out to me. Although I did enjoy Iniesta's goal against Chelsea back that day, just because the sheer injustice of the situation made me laugh. I vaguely remember that Zidane goal at Hampden Park. Yeah, from the, volley. The 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 one that's why that the famous the famous the, the best goal of Champions League. I yeah. vaguely remember that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've just seen it on YouTube yeah, yesterday. I don't know if I, if I saw it on YouTube time, yesterday or if I actually remember that from the time. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I was kicking it yeah, too much at that sure. point. 
how much would you be willing to bend the rules for three points? Let's switch this slightly because how much would you be willing to bend the rules to win the Champions League yeah, this weekend? Yeah, what would you do? To, what would you be willing to happen to? What specific thing? Well, I like a hand of God moment or like. You know what? If I was asked this question prior to the invention of Twitter, I would say bend it as much as you want, don't care. Yeah. But I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to, to read about this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, I mean, think about how much Hand of God is still spoken about now. True. I suppose that was prior to the mention of Twitter, so I'm talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. Um, it was spoken about less on Twitter before Twitter. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a meme for a while. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I could handle that level of... It would have to be massively up for debate. What about like a dive? Yeah, it would have to be a... You know, like, 50-50, someone thinks he dives, someone thinks he doesn't. So, like, a dive that's made... So, not a blatant look, dive. Not a blatant dive. It would have to be, actually, you know what, a blatant dive, fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But VAR, doesn't VAR make that difficult anyway? Yeah. We talk, are we talking old school, what they used to do in football, like where they would put the um, the other team's uh, footballs they warm up with in the bar, so they're really heavy. And then when it comes to playing the match... <laughs> yeah. Last time you Dion were on Dublin this show... Told that. I told you that last time, didn't I? Yeah. Last um, time you were on this show, you talked about lasagna gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you lasagna would gate Liverpool? A, would I, would I poison Liverpool? Would I poison Liverpool? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Not traceable, back to me, for a start. We'll and get now mentioned on the pod. If they all get food poisoning, we know where trouble. you're coming. <laughs> I just, yeah, that's the perfect, that's the perfect one, isn't it? That's is the perfect crime, because it's just like, no one really believes that Spurs were poisoned. Yeah, and I totally got away with you that. You had some dodgy lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> like Garfield was around or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I would say, yeah, I, it would have to be like a like actual crime, not a football crime. <laughs> I would bend the actual rules of the law, Life, yeah, um, rather than the rules of rather football. than dive <laughs> because it's so. Yeah, but diving it will just get picked up by VAR, won't it? If we're saying that it won't True, get picked yeah. up, then True. I would take. I would absolutely take a dive. Yeah, VAR does not cover lasagnas. Yeah. And also, if someone's going to do it, I'll have Deli Ali do it because he's an absolute shit out anyway. <laughs> so everyone, that's everyone, always more enjoyable. Everyone already thinks, everyone already hates him. Who doesn't support right. Spurs? So. That leaves us with nonsense rankings. And with Sam off duty, it's fallen to you, Dean, to, to do nonsense. <clears throat> a lot of pressure here because this is a lot of people's favourite part of the show. Is it? So I apologise in advance. <laughs> Not yours, of a series. <laughs> favourite part of the show. Because yeah. today... This it, show. This <laughs> <laughs> show. <laughs> Sam's not here, so it got me thinking... What would we do without Sam, generally? Could we build a new one? <laughs> so my ranking this week is how we could build a Sam bot. Instead of a robot, we've got a Sam bot. So the first thing we would need is the physical appearance of Sam. Which person in football would I go to for Sam's physical appearance? Obviously, it's Peter Crouch. Yeah. So Sam is so tall, like so tall people yeah, it's ask a bit me, absurd yeah like people ask me like how tall was sam like i've seen a picture i was like i don't know somewhere between six foot four and seven foot four like no one's actually <laughs> sure there's a picture of me and jack recently where we're standing either side of the premier league trophy and sam standing behind it about six foot higher than the trophy and six <laughs> foot higher. we're underneath the trophy and sam's head and shoulders <laughs> are above it i think he's on a box but it wasn't um in terms of football as well it's a little bit like crouch gangly face five, it's like gangly awkward Scores a weirdly high amount of goals oh, in five-a-side. better than he looks. He's not, no, but he, <laughs> he does score quite a few he's goals. He's not good, he just scores a lot. <laughs> okay. Which does, I suppose, so make fair him play good. Him. Like, yeah. does make him pretty good. So, like, Peter Crouch, like, people didn't rate him, but he, was, he still is pretty good. So, Decent player. So, yeah, Peter Crouch is for that side of Sam. So, that's yeah, the excellent. first part in place. The second part is we've got a clone Sam's character. 
So I had to think about what defines Sam as a person. And quickly I thought about him and I was like, he finds something he likes and he sticks with it. So to clone Sam's character, I had to look for somebody who had that trait, basically loyalty. So in terms of character, I'm looking at Paolo Maldini. Spent his entire career at AC Milan. Played there for 25 seasons. People tried to sign him, like Man United. He was like, no, I'm staying here. Also just loved tackling. Nothing else, really. Just yeah. tackling and winning. But the not ball. in a, like, a horrible... He was like quite clever tackling. He wasn't overly like physical stuff. That's a bit like Sam as well. Just likes to do things cleverly. He's not a, like a nasty person. But Sam is a one-job man. So Maldini was a one-club man. Sam's a one-job man. He, jo- he was one of the first people to join Bleacher Report. He will still be here in 25 seasons' time because he <laughs> loves it. Loves the club. Absolutely loves the club. Everything he finds, though, like, he just sticks with it. Like, his girlfriend that he's got right now likes her, sticking with her. That's fine. As long as she's happy with How it. How long has that been going on? He's happy with it. Oh, I think he met her when he was about 10 or 11. Six, uh, yeah. I heard. <laughs> I don't know exactly how long it is, but it's a while. But is it a bit different to the Maldini one? Because Sam will stick with, you know, this job with a lack of offer <laughs> elsewhere, whereas Maldini will turn his stuff down. I don't know. Well, we haven't got to that point yet. I do we think, have to find out. You know, I once do he goes think stress, other offers stress, are coming yeah. in. But the thing is, even when other things are on offer, Sam still finds a thing. Like in Tesco, they do these cold cafe lattes that aren't that great. But yeah. he likes them. So he gets one every day. Yeah. He gets this meal deal every day. Meal deal every day. And he is a man of habit. Of, yeah, of, like of, fantasy of, books. Right. He started reading them when he was a kid. He's always reading these like 900 page fantasy books constantly. Doesn't read any other types of books. So that's it. So we've got Paolo Maldini. In Peter Crouch's body. Right. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> where you're going. Number next. one, I had to find Sam's brain. So I needed someone with an encyclopedic knowledge of every modern day footballer, every team across the world i know where you're going here and there was only one man marcelo bielsa is the brain of sam Tai. he watches a ridiculous amount of football and if you look at bielsa when he was accused of spying he just invited everybody in and showed them just exactly all the information he had on store one day, Sam gets such a, so baited on Twitter. One day, he's going to break over his player ratings and somebody's going to go, this is nonsense. And he's going to invite everyone here to look at this ridiculous spreadsheet. He that has a huge... He actually has of all the players throughout the season. Every single player is rated for every single game. And that's how he does it. And then he takes an average. Yeah. Takes an average. That's how, the player they, that's how his player ratings were. I shouldn't give away all his secrets here. Wow. Um, no, he's done this. He's showed a snippet of it on Twitter before. Bielsa has knowledge of every team and player from Argentina, Chile, Spain, Italy, France. So does Sam. And Bielsa always has also has this weird cult following. So does Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so if Sam decides never to come back to this podcast, this and we need to be on a Sam bot, we need the body of Peter Crouch. <laughs> The character of Paolo Maldini and the brain of Marcelo Bielsa, and we'll get there. Fantastic. I think that might be the best nonsense rankings ever. <laughs> and that is saying something. Well, we haven't needed a Sambot today because we've been blessed in the company. Oh, it's Mr. been Reece wonderful. James. It has been absolutely fantastic. Good luck in the Good final. Good luck, Reese, in the final. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure, as always. Remember your bowl of lemons. Of course. <laughs> you... I genuinely, I'll be, take, I'll be taking a bowl of lemons with Good me. Good advice, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for on this week's BR Football Ranks. If you're watching on YouTube or 
on your internet browser. Get locked in properly. Go to iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Pods or whichever podcast store you like and click that subscribe button. You can always hit us up on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag BRFootballRanks or just get us at our individual app. Thank you so much, Heather, to Reese James. Thank you very much to Dean Jones, Good who right. has uh, you have filled in admirably the two of you in, in Sam's stead. Yeah. I feel like we yeah, have probably our best show ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been Jack Collins. Thank you for listening. Please keep spreading the word and spreading the rank gospel. We will see you next week. Enjoy the games this week. The Europa League final, which Reese says doesn't matter, but it actually does. And the Champions League final, which is probably Europe's showpiece event. Take care. Peace.